Hey there. Welcome back to Dogs Are Smarter Than People, the podcast that's guaranteed to make your day a little brighter. With me today is the always fabulous international best-selling New York Times best-selling author, <laughs> Carrie Jones. And with me today is my PR man and um, bodyguard, Sean Ferrar. Always amazing. Always awesome. Always hot. <laughs> we start every podcast with a random thought that might occur in our car, in our bed, or in a restaurant. And then we move on into a dog tip for life and a writing tip of the pod. And it's all to try to help you and us live our lives a little better. Right, Boo Boo Bear? So hang on. Please don't call me that. And a place where other people can hear it. Thank you. Hey, it's Random Thought in the Car. Yeah. Truck, truck. Truck. Uh, they're all cars to me. They're all vehicles. They're all cars to me. Car and vehicle <laughs> is synonymous I know. in my little brain. Even if it's a boat? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if any of our listeners have names for their houses. Yeah, probably. Especially if we have any wealthy ones. Well, we just went by a house that was not so wealthy, and it had a little sign on the on the out, outskirts of the property that said, Hilltop. Oh, it's yeah. I've the seen Hilltop that one before. House. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know that it's, well, I guess it's kind of an ancient tradition all over the country. Not ancient, you know what I mean? Older. My so, houses were never named. Well, neither were mine, but we never... <laughs> I mean, mine were named. Lots of them were named, had the same name. P.O.S., you know. Oh! Dump. A couple were named Trailer, <laughs> I think. Uh, I had an ex-husband and his parents' um, house was named. I wonder if there's like an economic marker you have to hit in order to name your house. Like, what uh, what value of the house is it? Like, there is, is it 500? Is it 700? It can't be 500. 500 so easily surpassed by not very big houses nowadays. Well, depending on your economic area, yes. I would say it has to do with more, a lot more things. Like what? Um, like location, size, size of the property, which all relates back to money in the end, yeah. but... It's all about the money. I think there are some places where you could have, like, not a really great house, but have a huge spread that's a ranch or a farm that has a name. Well, that's because it's a huge ranch or a farm. I'm just saying. That's part of my point about naming residences. Ladies. It's not always... You have to name your house for it to be on Airbnb, kinda. Yeah, we gave ours all names. Well, you had to, because you had to have some sort of title. What I are think they? Naming, I think naming the house is also part of a thing. The socioeconomic barrier type of thing. Because, like, if you have a dinner party and you're wealthy, you don't want to be like, hey, why don't you come over to my house? You want to be like, hey, come over to... Come to Brockliffe. Uh, yeah, whatever. Come to... Whatever name. The Hilltop. Yeah. Come to... The Hilltop just doesn't sound as fancy as it should, because there's a... There used to be a restaurant here called the Hilltop House. So if I could wasn't finish fancy. what I was saying... I'm sorry. That's all right. See, she does interrupt, folks. It happens way more than she acknowledges. But anyway... 
whereas us middle classers and, and less, we just say house. Because then you're not house. Come over to my house. Come over to my place. Then you're not setting any sort of a standard or expectation. Mm. That way, the people that might live in a trailer or a double wide can say the same thing as somebody that lives in a big giant colonial type. But it's a modular, so it doesn't. <laughs> come over to my house. You know what I mean? I think I just grew up saying, hey, you want to come over? I don't think we even said a house. We're efficient in New Hampshire. I know, especially when it comes to talking. (laughs) Ah, we don't need to say them R's. That's just a waste of energy. God, put that in the eye. I'm not making words. It's true. I don't say yad. No, you don't. You don't. I mean, the accent varies so much around here. Yad. But... That's Bedford. Like I shouldn't even have said that one because that's such the the trope. True. That's the right yes. word. Did we ever talk about where that accent comes from? Oh, are we going into the whole um, Acadian, French Canadian? No, thing that here? has nothing to do with it. With that accent? No. Oh, you've told me this before. Okay, what is you it? You didn't Tell listen. Me. I heartbroken. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you no, I just I'm met your expectation. I'm covering it with laughter. I'm. I, <laughs> On the evaluation checklist, I'm right in the middle. I meet expectations. <laughs> I don't use something when I see those expectations. I, oh, I do often, I'm sure. You no. just never realize it. You're a horrible evaluator. Let me tell you that in the rubric land, you are not exceeding Um. So, wait, where was... Oh, okay, so the accent that a lot of people in Boston and Maine have, in which you drop your R's, is because during the early early colonial period, a whole bunch of people wanted to sound British. And like they just wanted to sound either like they were from, like Philadelphia did this too, and the South did this too, and because of the trading routes, particularly along the coast, they adopted that affected, um, like they lost it when they came over them, like time passes, but then they won't try to get it again so they could sound hoity-toity and have other people think that they were wealthy. And so um, Boston and Maine and the South um, kind of didn't get rid of it. Like it, it tweaked a different way. Well, here's my, here's my question for you because I really like that story. I think it's funny. And it kind of really goes along with the whole house naming thing. <laughs> but, so what What accounts for the differences between the North and the South? Well, if you think back to that time, like, they were all kind of trying to create a sound, a voice that right. they were hearing from so do you other think it was traders. Like and there was no, if you, I'm not interrupting you this time. And there I was stopped. no quick communication. Like, it wasn't like you could call on the telephone phone or listen on TV or on the computer and hear British people talking all the time. It was like when they visited and then you kind of got mushed and melded. You know what I oh yeah, I just yeah. solved my own question in my oh, head while so you were talking. I, really? Did you do research into this? What? <laughs> Tell me if this is right. I'm, not, I'm probably wrong, but maybe I'm not. Sorry for almost interrupting you, man. You talked with me. I just refused to be. I refused to be interrupted. That's what I like to call double Dutch conversation. <laughs> like where two people jump the same uh, rope. No, no. There's no, double no, jump no. conversation. Anyways, so 
you have geographically different groups north and the south, both trying to imitate the same accent. Right. But what they're building upon their natural geographical accents. So do you think that might account for the variances? That is positively part of. Woo! I told you I solved it in my own. But head. just like a, ta- a uh, like a game of telephone, when you're trying to remember something, it gets twisted and tweaked. Oh yeah, yeah, I wasn't saying you were wrong by any means. And actually, maybe I just recollected what you told me the first time when you told me this story, and I can't really take credit for it. Anyways, I think we've exhausted that. I just want to tell everyone that Sean was so excited about being right. His butt lifted up off of the seat of the truck. He <laughs> clapped his hands and his head almost hit the ceiling. And it was so funny. <laughs> I think they heard me. I know, but I wish they could have seen it. Oh, I'm glad they didn't see it. I wish you'd seen it because you could laugh and point your finger. Writing <laughs> tip. Of the pod. What's the episode's name this week, Sean? Let's talk about wedgies. The wedgie! It's an ultimate TV trope. Sean mentioned trope in our random thought. Uh, I did, yeah. You sounded super smart when you said that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't know how to respond. (laughs) No, I don't. I can't. I can't. If you give someone a wedgie, there are only two possibilities. One. You're a bully. Number two. You're getting revenge on a bully. You can't think of any other ones, right? Uh, well, I guess you could always boil it down to those two. Yeah. So in the United States culture, wedgies are instantly recognizable and understandable. There are even three wedgie variations according to the site TV Tropes. Whoa. The Melvin, in which the honeys are yanked up from the front. Dude, I always saw the wedgies from the back no matter what. Uh-huh. The atomic wedgie, but that might be true. In which the undies are pulled over the head. That seems impossible. It's I don't not. know if that's really... I don't think it would happen. Anyways, the hanging wedgie in which the victim is suspended from an object by their underwear. Well, this is TV trope, so... It doesn't, doesn't have to mean be they're all true, right? No, I guess not. No, because I've never heard of a front wedgie myself. I've seen them. Have you? Yeah. But but not in real life. Only on the screen. Wedgies can be sinister jokes. <laughs> the television. That's what you're talking about. Did you not understand the wow, word screen? Oh, man. I was having a hard time following wow. you there for a minute. Wow. After you said you've seen wow. it. That's okay. like you, saying, oh, I've flown in an airplane because <laughs> I saw that show. Airplane? <laughs> Anyways. That is the worst comparison. That was nothing like what just happened. You went from specific to specific. Okay, whatever. What? But wedgies can be sinister jerks that are not just a trope for literature or for TV or screens so that us writer people can easily show someone being a jerk. They happen in real life, too. And there are people who have wedgie fetishes. What? I know. There's actually also an occurrence called the accidental self-induced wedgie. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah. And they can have consequences. Did Uh you know that? About 10 years ago, a bunch of scientific articles were written about this man Age 50. Who had some back pain, really bad back pain. His left leg and his five toes on that left foot tingled and they were numb. Why? Um, Because his 
much younger 34-year-old wife gave him a wedgie when he was finally getting up off the sofa. <laughs> For six years, he had those symptoms if he puts his full weight on his left leg. Numbness and tingling in his toes yeah, and man. foot. And back pain. His wife no longer gives him wedgies, by the way. <laughs> but what on God's green earth does this have to do with writing, you might wonder? Well, I was honestly just hoping Sean would give us a wedgie story. But condensed, oh, no. the writing tip of the pod is this. Something even as simple as a wedgie can have nuance and consequence. And as writers, we have to look deeply inside our underwear story and see what symbols and actions we're using. Are we putting the wedgie incident in there because it's an easy way to show someone being a poop monster? Are we fully thinking out the consequences of our character's choices and of what happens to a person's body when they get a really bad wedgie? Have we forgotten that there is... A wedgie, a wedgie, a wedgie, wedgie. A wedgie, wedgie. A wedgie, wedgie fetish. It's a wedgie fetish. Or that sometimes people give them themselves by accident. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, the fetish is a whole different thing because then you'd be giving it to yourself on purpose, right? Or somebody or else Or getting somebody else to give it, it to you. Yeah. You have a wedgie story? I really don't. Oh, man. I, I never really got... I'm sure I've been wedgied, but not horribly. You have? Probably all do, kids do it when they're all guys when they're a certain age. Even really? if it's not, even if it's like half-hearted, like I would never have done like an atomic wedgie on anybody. I cannot imagine anybody being ballsy enough to wedgie you. Why not? Because you're scary. It's not a big deal, really, unless you go. Real, if you just if you if you go really high, it can get tight. Well, uh, you can get otherwise. hurt like that poor 50-year-old man getting yeah, up off well, the couch. Who knows? You could have hurt his nerve, not related to his groin at all. Well, no, the doctor said there was a reason. And they also said that wedgie injuries are underreported because of the shame and stigma that happens when you get a bad wedgie. <laughs> you don't want to go to the hospital and be like, dude... I got wedgied. <laughs> like, Probably, that's true, but that almost makes it seem like wedgie-induced injuries only hurt, only happen or mostly happen after a certain age bracket. Oh, gosh, no. And that bracket happens to be the same as the embarrassment factor. No, because you don't want to tell your mom, do you? Would you want to tell your mom you're 10 years old and like you just got super wedgied and you're injured now? From- I probably would have told her, yeah. <sighs> You're but just contrary, I, whatever. No, I'm not being contrary. I don't have a lot of experience with wedgies. I, I really don't. That's just... You know, you probably have as much as I do. I have never had a wedgie. Have you, you have never given one? Gosh, no. I would never no. do something so mean. Why would I do something so mean? Why not? Because I'm not mean. When I was young, That's not I who a I house am. full of, like, adolescent... <laughs> Because you're scary. Teenage you're uncles, scary. no, they used to do crap like that to me all the time. No, 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 no. no. I probably got more wedgies at home than at school. That's a terrible thing. Well. That's not how my family rolled. Yeah. We just silently lied and conspired against each other. That's how my family rolled. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, at least it was done with love in my family. <laughs> Let me bully you with love. Huh? Let me bully you and give you an atomic wedgie. That's right. With love. That's right. Dog tip for life. Do you want to talk about the dog? That was... <laughs> I knew that's what he was going to say. <laughs> Sparty said, 
the most obvious thing. You don't have to worry about wedgies if you don't wear underwear. <laughs> it's like, I, I knew that's what he was going to say. Because, you know, they're really constrictive and restrictive. Just the simple act of sliding into the seat of a vehicle can actually cause a dude to something similar. That's when I've gotten a wedgie, I think. To a wedgie, you know. I think I've only had self-induced wedgies. Oh, probably. I but mean. not due to pants, but just due to underwear. And tights. I don't wear a lot of pants. No, I, I'm just thinking though, I, I would think the underwear would be the biggest real wedgie giver. Well, that is because you know they're I mean? the underwear. Because they're closer, tighter, yeah. and smaller usually. So I'm just saying, you don't have to be wearing pants to get a wedgie. That's my point. Like, someone could give you a wedgie through your skirt. Oh, heck yeah. I guess you could just be wearing underwear and you could get a wedgie. Of course you could. Anything with a waistband, even if it's the underwear itself, you get a wedgie. In Captain Underwear books, do they get wedgies a lot? Isn't there like a wedgie power thing that happens in those? I'm not up on my Captain Underpants stories, actually. <sighs> not at all. This is a disappointing part. I'll have, to, I'll have to ask our youngest daughter. So anyways, wedgies are bad. And if you keep using them, you're probably cheating and not going deep enough into your writing and if you're a dog you don't have to under even worry about them and like they're not even in dog culture so if your dog's reading your book and it reads about wedgies the dog's not gonna get it but really that means you can't wear anything below the waist because you can still be <laughs> that would be horrible huh? that would be a really bad move for america <laughs> yeah that would, that would be a real Hey, thanks for listening to Dogs Are Smarter Than People, the podcast where two random married people give you writing advice after randomly talking about random thoughts and then tying it all in with their dogs. <laughs> because, you know, that makes a lot of sense for a literary podcast, right? I hope people get some stuff, you know, some good information out of it in regards to the writing field. I don't know. In regards to the living field matters, too. But does it really matter? Nothing matters. If they so, laugh once, sorry to interrupt, I think we're a success. The music we clipped and shortened in this podcast is awesome and is made available through the Creative Commons license. The artist is Broke for Free, and the song is Night Owl. <sighs> hey, Sean, can people like and subscribe to our podcast? And yes, they can. they, they find sure the words that can. go with it? The word... The- <laughs> <laughs> Dogs are smarter than people podcast. Whichever platform you're using, please like, share, and subscribe. Yeah, yeah. it's kind, right, man? Oh, I can think it's at least a little bit humorous. I've started giving two-minute writing tips on my channel on YouTube, Carrie Jones Books. Yeah. Yeah. There's all the five views on there. And you can hear my book, Baby, and get art on Patreon, Carrie Jones Books, again. Um, it's the only place you can read this one book that I will never try to get published anywhere else. It's that special. And finally, my next book, In the Woods, appears in July. It's co-written by Steve Waddell. It's scary. It's one of the Publishers Weekly's what? Buzz Books for Summer 2019. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And you can link and read the first chapter on my website That's as so well. so close. I know. Being out. And yet it feels like it's Man. never going to happen. <laughs> also, I'm a writing coach and editor. If you need help about writing your story and develop a mental, to develop 
the development. I was going to say, what are you talking about? The developing your mental what? No, the mellow, <laughs> I can't say the word. Developmental edits or an editorial assessment because I'm such a professional. Uh, oh, you are. Uh, I used to be a newspaper editor. I Talking really and reading are pretty pretty much two skills. So. Specific <laughs> skill set. See, I can't talk either. We'll never be able to use this clipping no, yet. We're not public speakers. No. We no. speak in the private of our own clothes closet. <laughs> we record in a clothing closet, which is another hard thing to say. But you can donate to us on Patreon so we can actually pad the walls. Yeah. And we're about to go move to the camper, so the rest oh, of the God. summer will be camper podcast. Pray for us. Pray for or us. whatever it is you do. Hard. Hard. <laughs> Thank you. Final words? Rest in peace. <laughs>